0: Hi, I'm Ken Mingus. This is Mingus on Tech. I'm here with Lucas and Tracy from Computer World. And what we're doing is taking a look at the top news in technology right now, the things that have bubbled up over the last few days. Uh, I'm going to start it off because I wanted to tell Lucas and Tracy about something they may not have seen. Uh, One of our reporters, Greg Kaiser, had a really interesting story about Microsoft and Windows 10 this week. you know Microsoft really wants to get Windows 10 on as many devices and machines as it possibly can. It's hoping to get a billion of them by 2018. But what's interesting is that the company's getting really pushy. Um, I don't know whether you saw Greg's story, but with the recent updates they've been putting out for Windows 7 and Windows 8 machines, um, they're changing sort of under-the-hood settings that make those machines ready to receive Windows 10, even if the users don't want it yet. Um, this has been a big issue going back even to, to last spring and summer when Microsoft had launched a nag campaign was nagging everybody. And uh, Greg talked to the developer of a little tool that had been created to sort of stop those nagging uh, messages from popping up on people's computers. You know, Windows 10 is getting a lot of good play. It's, it it's a, it's, seems to be a pretty good operating system. I think Microsoft is happy with where they are right now. But what they're doing is they're setting up people's computers so that once we get into 2016, um, Windows 10 is going to start downloading. And I'm not sure that if I'm a Windows 7 user and I'm not ready to upgrade, that that's exactly the right tack. So I just wondered uh, if you guys had seen that and what you thought about it.
1: I mean... I, I, I saw it and, and I'm not uh, surprised by it. But you know, Windows machines tend to have a lot of crapware on it, anyways, and just seems like one more piece that, that's going to be shoved in your face as you're trying to, uh, you know, work on your computer. It's it's it's, it's what I don't like. Uh, uh, oftentimes about windows is that you get a lot of these pop-ups yeah. and you know, as I'm doing my work, I don't want to, I don't want a window to pop up in front of me and stop what I'm doing. So now that they're even up forcing to upgrade to the next operating system, that's even more annoying. You know, I, I don't mind an occasional pop-up saying, Hey, guess what? We have a new upgrade. Every, every computer does that. You know, even Macs do that, but to have something that's going to force it on you and you have no, uh, you know, you have no option to stay with Windows Seven or Eight Point One if you happen to be very comfortable with those. Yeah, well,
0: I mean, well, I, sh- I should clarify, it it won't force you to install Windows Ten. What it'll right. do is it'll force the download to your computer. Right. And, and Microsoft's been pretty, you know, upfront about it, saying that this is something they want to do. They want to change it from a a recommended installation to, to something a little more firm. The assumption being that people who may just not have gotten around to upgrading yet will finally go ahead and, you know, hit the button right. and say, okay, finally I'll right. take it.
2: One thing I thought was a little alarming, I mean, did I read this right, is that they're putting it into the, um, the system upgrade, the system update, so you just think like, oh yeah, I need to update my system to keep it, you know, virus and etc and now it's it 's like in there, as opposed to separate separate message, right.
0: yeah, yeah, what they're doing is it, it, it's it, it changes some settings in windows update, and what it will do is, and this is what 's annoying to some people people you know not everybody has broadband they're not they don't have a lot of bandwidth, and so you may be working on something and if you 've got a narrow pipe for your internet coming into the house and suddenly you 've got this multiple gig operating system that has suddenly decided to download when you were trying to avoid it. Um, Again, you know, Microsoft has said we're going to push this as far as we can. They've already got, uh, I think, about 150 million devices and PCs that already have Windows 10 on it. Um, But the uptake rate has been slowing. That's another another part of this, and I think it's one of the reasons they're getting kind of pushy, you know.
2: Do they have, like, a breakdown? I mean, some of this stuff is pretty sophisticated, and the guy who's done this tool has had to keep redoing his tool to keep up with the stuff that's going underneath. So, to me, it sounds like the resistors are probably a more sophisticated audience than like my mom who right. just clicks yeah when the button comes up right so is there are we starting to get into like a two-tier system of the the the, the resistors are sort of the more sophisticated users who have been able to ignore the stuff or work around it? Yeah,
0: I mean anybody that's got this tool already knows that you know they don't want Windows 10 right now. They may never want to go to Windows 10. Maybe there are some op- some uh, programs that they've got that uh, only work with Windows 7 or Windows 8, and they you know they don't want to make the jump. And again, they're not going to be forced to. They do have a last you do have a last option not to install it. But it just seems that uh, Microsoft, in its zeal to get Windows 10 out there as far as possible, might be overstepping some bounds. I've never seen this with OS X. Apple's never pushed an operating system to me. You know, sorry, I, I'm but, a big but Apple you're, fan. You ever but wait? What can I say? You know, <laughs> first to no. get
1: a pop-up window, though. Yeah, I mean, whether what you. If you don't upgrade it, they're going to keep pushing this on you, right?
0: Yeah, you'll continue to get nags yeah. and uh, because they want everybody off of Windows 7 and Windows 8. Right. And and they're trying to get everybody uh, – this is more consumery right now because enterprises really aren't going to upgrade until probably 2017, 2018 right. uh, because they'll, they'll have to get out of Windows 7 by 2020. Right. But uh, anyway, I thought it interesting, you know, so if you're a Windows 7 or 8 user, you might want to keep an eye on uh, your Windows updates and make sure you're not getting Windows 10 before uh, – before you think you're gonna get it, is there
2: like a time frame i mean it it looks like what greg is saying is they're sort of moving towards some kind of i mean is do we have like a date for next year where like watch out all this stuff is kind of coming together or we're still no
0: not not yet a date um they said early 2016 so i would say once we get past the first of the year you might want to keep a, a very close tab on those windows updates and uh um, you know, make sure you're not getting an operating system before you're ready.
2: Right. Surprise! Yeah, yeah.
0: So anyway, that's one of the things that uh, I had picked up on this week. Something else I wanted to talk about was, uh, and this has been in the news lately, is the, the sort of the cross-pollination between technology and sustainable IT, renewable energy. Um, there was a big announcement out of Paris uh, where President Obama and Bill Gates Um, We're talking about, uh, I think, was it doubling uh, money for research and development over the next few years? So, Lucas, you you wrote about that, and I was just, you know, I wanted to find a little bit more about what's going on there and whether that's, you know, going to make a difference.
1: Yeah, and it's a funny thing with uh, clean energy and renewable energy. Uh, You know, people really get get in in an uproar over, uh, you know, oil and clean energy. Uh, You'd think it would be an obvious thing, like we want to reduce carbon emissions. uh, But I think people feel like this is being pushed down our throats as well, like we were just talking about with the windows. They feel like there's too many subsidies being given to these companies. Then other people on the other side of the coin, people are saying, well, there's not enough being done. So what these 20 countries, including the United States, have agreed to is doubling the R&D money that they're going to put into renewable energy, clean energy. That's going to bring it to about $20 billion. The United States has been putting in about $5 billion to research and development of clean and renewable energy uh, to date. So they'll double theirs to $10 billion. Bill Gates just put out a paper and uh, he pointed out that you know clean energy R&D in the United States is .4% of how much we actually invest in energy altogether. So it's a tiny slice of the amount of money that's going out there. Uh, so Bill Gates put together his own coalition of uh, 28 companies, and they're looking to expand that as well, but initially 28 companies. And they're going to uh, be putting seed money into uh, various you know, startup initiatives for clean energy, like uh, flow batteries, for example. And yeah. flow batteries are just different from, not to get too deep into the weeds, but they're different from lithium-ion batteries in that uh, they can scale a lot larger than lithium Islands.
0: Isn't, you know, just to, to pick up on that for a second, isn't the whole issue right now storage, storage of energy? I mean, we're, we're, we know how to generate yeah. it with solar and wind and, and water and, of course, you know, fossil fuels. But the storage technology—I mean, I've seen a lot of stuff with Tesla and the home batteries and, right. and things like that. Well, you're
2: just talking about your solar panels, right? Right. right. I, I mean, just, I mean, I just had solar, solar panels, panels installed. Right. You're,
1: you're yeah. leading the charge. I of course, know. my utility <laughs> hasn't come over and switched out my meter, but you know, I'm, I'm going to probably wait three months for that to happen. But yeah, uh, I just had solar uh, panels installed on my roof, and I'm looking forward to having my uh, power bill cut in half. So, well, it, but you really
2: want the—you really want the battery, so that when power goes out, you have your battery. Do you have a battery?
1: Did they That's install right. a battery? No, I didn't get the backup battery, even though I got this uh, particular system from Solar City, which is uh, owned by uh, uh, Tesla's. Uh, uh, well, it's, they're not actually they're connected by blood, rather than well, like a business subsidiary, right. or? Okay. no, it's it's actually um, uh, Elon Musk's cousin who uh, is the uh, CEO of SolarCity, and then Elon Musk, I think, is board chairman They're of literally related by blood. So they're, okay. they're, they're wow. literally oh, related Thanksgiving by blood. Family. Yeah. Uh, but, and, and I thought about it. I thought about getting one of the batteries. Uh, the battery I, I would really want is the one that can sustain energy over time, so when the solar panels aren't producing energy, the battery is giving power to my house. So
0: you're effectively, off, you, that would be effectively off that the would, grid. That would be, yeah. Or n- close to it.
1: Yeah, close, as close as you could be to being off the grid. I can't do that because I'm actually leasing these solar panels. I didn't buy them outright. So that doesn't allow me. I, I pay per kilowatt of power that is generated okay. from the solar panels. So I have a set amount that I pay, which happens to be 12.5% per kilowatt. Okay. Um, is that but so the
2: battery, the battery is the part, right?
1: That yeah. Battery storage is huge to renewable energy because obviously it's intermittent. I mean, it's, it's not a uh, steady flow of energy when you have solar panels uh, that don't make energy at night, for example, yeah. or you have uh, you know, wind turbines that don't turn when there's no wind. Uh, so you have to have something that can store the energy and release it during down times, uh, and that's that's where the the, sto- the energy storage comes in. And lithium ion batteries uh, that's the common uh, uh, source right now. Uh, Tesla is building um, a gigafactory and planning to build more that is going to produce um, these lithium ion batteries yeah. specifically for businesses, utilities, and homes that will store that energy and then release it in times when in off times when. Do you know Start is
0: the R&D money that, that Gates and Obama and the other tech firms have you know sort of working on is that is that related to batteries is it related to all kind like energy generation as well
1: or? It's related to energy generation as well one of the technologies that they're putting seed money into is called solar paint I love this I want yeah, that I I want solar paint on the also, house
2: Also what a great band name right, yeah, solar right.
1: paint. <laughs> it's it's based Explain. on uh, quantum dot uh, uh, semiconductors and basically you have these microscopic uh, semiconductors. It's in so the paint right? It's in the paint, yeah, okay. and basically you paint a wall you attach some wires to it and it <laughs> energy that through photovoltaic, awesome. yeah. Well, photovoltaic. and you've written
2: about the, um, the glass, right? So the windows right. will actually, which just seems so right. brilliant, right? It, There's the sun coming yeah. through the window.
1: It, you know, they, they don't have, they're not high efficiency. So it, especially with like windows and probably the solar paint will be as well, but it, it subsidizes. So you, you're going to have windows in buildings. The other thing that these windows do is they provide a certain amount of um, shading so that you're also not paying for additional cooling through sunlight coming through and heating the building. So it actually keeps the building cooler as well. But even if it's like 4%, you're, you're gaining something from yeah. it. You, yeah. you look at New you York, have, you have yeah. you know, tens of thousands of buildings in Manhattan, for example, with all these windows, millions of windows that could be producing energy.
2: Yeah. Uh, my son was showing me this really cool thing i think it's a google project where they have they map out that they use google maps on the city roofs and with the sun, you know, they, they identify the the roofs of the different buildings where a solar panel would make sense yeah, and right. then other ones where it doesn't. So you can just, right. you know, mouse over the thing and go, oh, look, this building could have a solar, which is such a cool use of the it's, technology. It's, most
1: of the solar companies are using that now. They use Google Maps and other uh, algorithms to discover, you know, the best place to put the solar panels on your house. They actually show the trees around your home, and they'll show throughout the day where that shade goes on your roof. Yeah. Uh, and did they do that, that, for the, that
2: for your solar panels? They
1: did. Yeah, they actually showed me it's a virtual map of my house, and they show the trees around it. And then they they hit a uh, you know they hit an icon, and it shows the 24 hours in a day where the, the shadows of the trees come around. And, and well, they need to know that if they're going to know how much electricity is going to be generated, right? Right, exactly. And they actually use that to determine if your house is, is uh, you know efficient enough to mm. or get, gets enough sunlight to actually produce enough energy to warrant. Solar panels.
0: It, it, it's interesting, you know. I, I know that there are tax credits expiring, and that's why there are a lot of homeowners that are doing that, you yeah. know, this yeah. year. But also, you know, one of the things that came up, Tracy's been working on our, our future 2016 project, and one of the things that came up as a sort of disruption for 2016 um, is this whole idea of reducing like the carbon footprint companies are trying to get away from that right yeah
2: so i mean this was so we we split our this is our forecast 2016 survey which we do every year and it's um it's a it's a group of all high high tech lead uh you know it leaders and and senior mm-hmm. people so it's not we're not gathering every opinion. We're getting the uh, sort of the eagle's eye view on things, and um, we split it into you know stuff you need to pay attention to right now, and then this, these disruptive technologies that are coming out, or disruptive trends. Some of these are not technologies, but um, you know carbon in, in the enterprise. You know carbon reducing right. and green IT has just been like kind of like sputtering along for years, and it was kind of like a feel good thing. Right. People yeah. kind of had a checklist like, ooh, we're a green company, and then yeah. it kind of faded off because <laughs> people didn't really care about it. Right. So now it bumped back up a lot from last year to this year. You know, it went, it, it, you know, in terms of um, survey respondents saying they were going to spend money on this next isn't year. It because, isn't it because
0: it's become more efficient? I mean, companies can actually make money, or not maybe make money, but at least it save real bot- money. It affects right. the bottom right. right. line. Well, right. So, I mean,
2: you know, this is business. This is the way business bingo. works. Yep. And so now, um, and then also, you know, Pat Thibodeau has written a couple great articles about this, you know, this carbon tax is coming at some point, you know, and the right. people who are, you know, the companies who are really paying attention to this now are like, we need to get out. front of this. I mean a very large enterprise you can't turn on a dime. Right. So you can't, you know, you can't say, oh, three months we're gonna be energy efficient. So they're really starting to look at this as a it's a it's a bottom line impact. But also the technologies are in place now to make that happen. Mostly, you know, if you're if you're moving to a new you're you're getting rid of your data center, Mm -hmm. you're moving to a co location um, you're going to look at you're going to look at the energy costs right. are associated with that, and green energy sourcing your energy mm-hmm. from, you know, we did that story about Iceland. You're sourcing right. your energy from, you know, geothermal. Yeah, ge- geothermal. They have, yeah. they have geothermal. They have wind, the other one you know they've got well, yeah obviously got solar and hydroelectric and
1: yeah, yeah. yeah so
2: um so that really popped up I mean I think on this list we saw a lot of stuff that's been kind of like sputtering along and right. all of a sudden it's it's finally kind of pulling together right. um so DevOps was at the yeah. top of the list that's a something surprise. yeah um you know it's been kind of gathering for a bunch of years I know among our readers we still have some skeptics Yeah. you know when we do DevOps right. articles we have people kind of rolling their eyes but um People just need to move faster and be more nimble, mm-hmm. and also. So the thing that it's interesting they pointed out is DevOps is not really a skill. It's not like you go out and get a certification in DevOps. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more. It's more it's about a mindset. collaboration. It's it? a mindset. It's working together. And, yeah. yeah, it's really a mindset change, and um, so it's you can have your same old skills that you've had. It's just you know that sort of real fast and fluid and stand this thing up, get it going quickly. Um, you know, fail, move on, just just keep rolling, mm-hmm. as opposed to we're going to go over here for six or twelve months and right. come back with something that no longer makes sense. So part of it is just DevOps is just responding to this whole digital transformation. You just you just need to move faster. Right. Um, and then actually that ties in with um, this this focus on the customer experience. I saw that. I mean,
0: don't, don't companies already exciting. take care of customer experience? I mean, aren't they focused on that already?
2: And well, uh, this is how really is that
0: disruptive. If they I, aren't, they don't last. Well, you <laughs> kind of wonder. Well, you know, it's true,
2: but actually um it's more it's more that it's getting you know before there was like the customer service experience was was at the front end of the business. Right. It was like out here. It's like here's the person on the headset yeah. talking to Ken when and he's that's trying it. to buy insurance. And there's, and there's or a disconnect? Yeah, and the back end was still all OG and all like, well I'm I'm working with a ZRP and all this stuff. So it's really it's really the fact that it's pushed all the way back through. So you're talking about enterprise IT, okay. which is not you know, lots of times They're way over here, they don't even actually really have a sense of the actual customer. But as the company transforms into a digital company, then it flows through everything. So now you're, so the DevOps is the same kind of thing, internal, external customer. So now your customer experience is just, and the co- companies are really finding that that's their differentiator in the market, is really, you, you just have to stay right next to mm-hmm. that customer the whole time. So like Good. this a- example we use, which I thought was so cool, is like mortgages, which is a drag. Oh yeah. You need 10,000 million pieces of pe- paper, oh. there's all kinds of right. regulations. You're your life away you're so right. that they yeah. have, you know, they've, they've broken it down, this one company, Prime Lending, they've broken it down to a series of apps. So by the time you know you do a little bit here, a little bit there, um, by Wait, the time so the you're customer s-
0: deals with s- separate apps. Or? Yeah, okay. so they
2: broke they broke the process down yeah. into you know do this now, do this now. So uh, by the time you're standing in the house, and you know what the housing market is right now, you're standing in a house you want to buy. You're in a bidding war. You can literally get your mortgage approved while you're standing there with your phone. Right so that's absolutely you know that's digitization well, like that of idea. all of that paperwork but it's also everybody has a phone in their pocket now right so yep. they're so they're they're being driven by the customer but they're being driven by the back end too so that one's kind of i mean it, it doesn't really sound exciting but it's no, really No if you're
0: buying a house or anyone who's bought a house or dealt with a mortgage can appreciate uh, you know an app in your on your phone that allows you to qualify right away or you know give you But, but a qualifying is
1: just a... That's the story.
0: Well, no, this you know. is
2: actually, I think it's actually the the approval, but obviously you've done yeah. all the stuff beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, if, if, if someone bids up another $50,000, you are like, ooh, you know, we're yeah. right on the edge yeah. there. So now you have that information. Bid wars on your phone for
0: your house. While right. you're it. Um,
2: and then, you know, also related, we've been writing for a long time this IT market alignment. I mean, I, IT and, and marketing have not always been friends. Yep. But, um, you, if you, you know, you have to be friends now. There's really just no way around it. And it's mostly because not so much in IT, but really marketing has just become completely digital. Right. So they actually, they're actually the the suitor in this in this game, which is you know they 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 can't go off on their own anymore because every single thing they do is now digitized, and they need the analytics right. and they need all the stuff that IT can provide. So the happy companies, everybody's on the same page, but otherwise it's really marketing being like you know we need this 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 and this and mm-hmm. from you guys right now. So that's that's one of those things that it's been you know. Some companies were doing it before others, but it's really if, it, if you're if you're not doing it this year, you're going to be left behind.
0: Yeah, there's a lot a lot of insights in that package, and uh, in our next episode, I want to take a look at some of the predictions. You know, the bold predictions for 2016. But uh, I think we should leave it uh, leave it there for now, and uh, um, I think that's a wrap for us for today. Cool. We'll be back right. soon.